Hi guys, uh, welcome back to Miscellaneous Pleasures. Uh, yeah, so this is this is Saturday, this is 28th of November. Uh, it's actually 21-23 IST. Uh, it's currently half time in the Manchester City versus Burnley game, which is 3-0 at the moment for Man City, obviously. Uh, they have been fantastic in this first half and they have shown real intent and I feel like Burnley have been rubbish. So, you know, there it is. Uh, and I think they are also missing their goalkeeper, but I mean, it doesn't really matter because even with Pope on the... Even with Pope playing, I think the score would still be 3-0, so it doesn't really matter in that aspect. Uh, what else? Actually, yeah, this video is about, or this podcast, if you're listening it on podcast, it is about Manchester United versus Southampton, sort of preview, predictions, predicted lineups, stuff like that. And also about the Liverpool versus Brighton game that just finished about an hour or hour and a half ago, where there was this obviously VAR controversy. What else is new this week? I mean, <laughs> I think you know what, I would as well just begin with that game because well the controversy was the fact that uh, it was in the stoppage time or rather injury time where Andy Robertson kicked Danny Welbeck's foot inside the box and at the first viewing or at the live viewing the incident not many thought that there was an incident in the first place and the game just went on and then obviously it was brought back uh, by VAR and you know they were viewing the visuals and then referee went to the pit side monitor after the instructions from VAR and then he awarded the penalty. So was it a penalty in my opinion? Having seen all the decisions that have been taken this season and last season, I feel like that's a penalty. I mean, if you're going to talk about 10 years ago or 15 years ago or something like that, then probably not. But then, this is 2020 and this is the sort of decisions that has been taken on a daily, weekly, game-by-game basis. So, I don't see any fault in that aspect. But the obvious question here is, was the contact enough for it to be awarded a penalty? And when this type of question kind of comes up, the only response I have is this discussion that uh, like Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher and I guess, I don't know who else was there. They had this discussion about 5-6 years ago in MNF or I think in one, of, in one of those Sky Sports things. And the thing is, the question that you have to ask yourself is, do you want a scenario where an incident happens? Somebody tackles somebody else. It's about every place in the pitch apart from the penalty box. Inside the penalty box, you're going to have harsher rules. If this is what you want, then I think from your opinion, this is definitely not a penalty. But then from my point of view, this foul happens anyway it's on the pitch. Nobody asks a question, why this is a foul? Why, is that in, why has it been given a foul? Nobody asks this question and they just move on with their like thing so point number one 
So if you are the sort of person who thinks a foul that happens anywhere on the pitch, including the penalty area, if it's a foul, then it's a foul. That's it. Doesn't matter where it happens. Then if you're from that school of thought, then I think that's a penalty. Point number one. Point number two is that I have an issue with people saying that oh, there was no contact there. Danny Welbeck took like three or four seconds to fall down and he was faking injury or whatever. I mean, forget the faking injury part. Uh, I'm so sorry. I did something? Did I do something? No, it's working fine. Yeah, coming back to the thing. So, if you are a person who thinks that, uh, you know, a person should fall down inside the penalty area, then that sort of a mentality from the referees is the f- main reason why diving happens. Like, if you don't have the need to fall down every time to get a penalty, to get a foul, then players won't go down. And the problem is, I have seen very rare instances in Premier League. I'm not going to talk about the other leagues. I'm sure it doesn't happen anywhere else as well. But let's just talk about the Premier League. I have rarely seen an incident in the Premier League where, you know, a shirt pull or something like that has been given a penalty. And the player doesn't fall down. And in all those type of scenarios, the the thing that the reasoning that people come up with is that the player did not fall down. That's not a that's not enough contact. That's not enough of a foul to be deemed a penalty. That sort of a statement doesn't make sense to me. If it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's not a foul, it's not a foul. You can't say that just because it's inside the penalty box, that's not a foul enough for him to be given a penalty or anything on anything along those lines. So that's my like sort of uh, viewpoint on it and the problem is as i said this type of a mentality is the reason why diving happens and in my opinion that sort of a foul has to be given a penalty like the two things that has to be answered for that incident or a similar incident would be did andy robertson get the ball no did andy robertson kick Welbeck? yes did Welbeck get to the ball before Andy Robertson? Yes, because Andy Robertson never actually touched the ball. And even if he did, it was after Danny Welbeck actually touched it. And you could also ask a question if you want to... Basically, the question would be, did Danny Welbeck uh, want the contact to happen? Like, was he looking for the contact? I don't think he was, but, you know, think... Uh, it doesn't... I mean, my opinion on whether... Uh, he was intending to do that is not really useful because nobody really knows what he was intending to do but i don't think he was intending to get a foul there he was just trying to take the ball and like basically create a chance for his team and if because all these four questions and these are the answers to these four questions i feel like that's a penalty because if you kick a player doesn't matter where you kick him if you kick him in the foot if you kick him and by the way, that was not a soft kick. It wasn't like the their feet just brushed. It was a proper kick. So I'm not, that was not a yellow card offense in my opinion. I'm not going to go that far. But all I'm saying is that's a foul and that's a penalty. End of discussion. And if you have an issue with how VR is being uh, used, then I've already made a video like... Actually, I did make a video. I did not make a podcast for that. Uh... So you just check out my YouTube channel, you'll find the, the discussion there where I talk about VAR and my viewpoints on all those things. So 
that's that and you know the thing is uh, actually michael owen i have actually quite a few issues about what owen said yesterday uh, sorry today um but the one thing that he did say was uh, liverpool's penalty that they got against west ham that was very soft that was very soft and i did go back and watch the replay uh, you know before making this video because i just wanted to actually see what happened because i don't remember the exact incident even though i remember watching the game uh and that was very soft so if liverpool are going to get a penalty for that then they deserve to be given a penalty against them for brighton so as i said as i said in the beginning uh if this was 15 years ago if you're going to make that sort of an argument then well that doesn't really matter because even from that point of view i don't think that's a penalty but because it is 2020 because the type of decisions that we have been seeing in the premier league for the past few seasons i won't even say like this type of an incident if it happens without even var the referee was standing right in front like he was standing like about 5 to 10 yards away from the incident and exactly in his viewpoint so that has to be given a penalty like there is no questions about this so yeah that's my like you know viewpoint on this uh what i mean there were a couple of offside decisions for liverpool so they didn't really help their cause i feel like i mean liverpool weren't good today rather they weren't great today they were all right they i guess controlled the game well they did not really give brighton too many chances I remember a one-on-one situation in the first half, and then probably a couple of corners or something like that. And I guess Welbeck or the other guy, Connolly, they had like a couple of moments here and there, but they didn't really concede chances. But the another problem that they did have was that they did not create chances, enough chances rather. And the one good, like not the one good, but the one that they took the free kick towards the end of the game, 80th minute or something, where Mane scored. that was obviously an offside so excuse me and the first offside i mean there is no really any sort of i mean you can't really say anything about the first offside can you because nobody agrees with the rule but i have the issue with the rule i don't i can't really have, have an issue with var for that because because the rule says you know even if you are like millimeter offside you are offside if you are going to have that much precision then you are going to have to give that as a as an offside so and that has been happening since last season so i feel like at least it's consistent so let's move on with our lives and there's no really point talking about that type of an offside anymore uh what else what else what else Title race. I mean, uh, it's unfair to talk about the title race now in the middle of a game week because Spurs have who they have? They have a big game, right? Yeah, Spurs have Chelsea, and that game is obviously going to be extremely decisive. Mm, but if they manage to win it, people have to start talking about Spurs as a pro, like strong title contenders because Liverpool have twenty one points from ten games. and from the sort of standard that they have set for the last two seasons with getting like 96 or 97 points and then they got like 99 last season i think 2.1 points per game that sort of a thing is less and if they 
keep this average then they're going to end up with like 80 points i think the exact number would be 79.8 so yeah 80 points so if liverpool managed to have this average throughout the season and they finish with 80 points i feel like there is a very real possibility like 60 70 percentage possibility that somebody gets more than that and i feel like spurs would be the front runners for that chelsea well chelsea depends on how they play because they have a young as well as as well as set of players who haven't actually played well played together a lot and you know lot of new players so what happens with that type of a thing and what happens if there is injuries to key positions uh these are all the factors that will uh, like affect that so yeah i guess there are only three teams in my opinion who can win this league i don't think leicester or everton or aston villa or southampton or any of those teams your uh, what do you call them dark horses i don't think they have any chance whatsoever because they are too inconsistent to win a premier league Liverpool Chelsea uh, Liverpool Chelsea Spurs are the front front runners Man City The thing with Manchester City is they have the capacity to win like 15 games in in a row basically and that type of a run like in the past two or three seasons we have obviously seen, uh, seen City Liverpool even Manchester United go for that type of a run where they have just kept on winning with a couple of draws here and there like uh, even united like did it were for a very like three or three months or something in sosha's first season the first half season that he had and then last season after bruno came from like feb till the end of the season they had a very good run we got like 32 points from 14 games uh, i don't know if i have seen or if this has happened with spurs or chelsea like I think they had a good run but for a very brief period of time. So if City do manage to get that type of a run going then obviously they will be that will contend us. But obviously today 3-0 like in the 49th 50th minute so they could potentially win this game like final or something and then get into some sort of a rhythm. Uh so obviously I I would be a fool to disregard City from the title race. and they even have like aguero and jesus coming like jesus has already started like second or third game on the row and aguero is obviously i'm guessing he is getting match fit and obviously no oh, you know what talking about aguero i should have actually talked about diego maradona like wow i was i was actually going to start the recording with that but somehow i completely forgot today the whole thing and uh yeah when i was planning yesterday i was actually thinking that i should start with that anyways diego maradona what a player he was um i actually i mean it is completely unfair of me to actually even say a few words about him because i did not actually watch him live and the very few sort of highlights and videos here and there of like one or two minutes that i have watched i mean they were obviously brilliant and i think all i can probably say is if any sportsman manages to like inspire manages to manage to inspire fans manages to 
inspire future generation of players manages to instill a love for the game love for himself love for the whole type of play if anybody any sportsman from any game if that person can do that then they are a legend and they are a person worthy of the legendary status and diego maradona is probably one of the best in football doing that like you know if you listen to all the players current and ex players and managers talking about how much they loved him how much they used to like watch his games just for him uh and how like if you even if you go into like if you talk to fans i mean i don't talk to fans because most of them are in europe and i don't find many in india but if i see like tweets and facebook comments and youtube videos and stuff like that like the amount of fans that actually started watching the game because of him even my dad right i mean i haven't actually talked to him about this yesterday or today but i do know that he is not a football fan he doesn't watch football end of discussion and even world cups here and there a game or two here and there he watches and but i have heard him talk about maradona pele people like that and even he knows many more names from that type of an era 70s 80s 90s and if that type of player's name is known to my father that's that's like that's like basically saying if he's a person who doesn't watch football and even if even he knows how good a player he was and even he describes he has described before in the past like how he used to glide past players as if they weren't even there going past like six seven defenders to score a goal like yeah he was just brilliant like as i said worthy of the legendary status if anybody was and he was and so yeah it's a great loss for the footballing world and you know yeah that's it like happens like that this one of those what do you call it it's one of those things that that is unavoidable uh, a quote from mycroft homes uh, from the sherlock tv series i can actually remember that uh, he basically says humans can be dependent or dependent on to do something it is to die and he says it in a very different context in a very different type of a setting and a very different sort of a mood basically but that is actually sadly the truth that you know life ends and you you can't really predict when it's going to happen all you can do is enjoy your life as last effectively and yeah so yeah i mean 2020 is basically be it has been a year where a lot of the famous personalities from all across the entertainment sports all sort of fields they have been passing away and either due to covid or due to natural causes or whatever so yeah okay so coming back to yeah i was actually talking about manchester city and how they could be title challengers i mean i'm not going to talk about manchester united simply because as i said we have in the past we have had those runs but we haven't had them for a long period of time or long enough to actually challenge for the title 
and right now what 13 points from eight games we obviously have a game in hand like man city and i think the other two teams are aston villa and burnley so these are the four teams that have a game in hand than the rest of the league even if we win our game in hand that would put us at 16 points from nine games and a win tomorrow 19 points from 10 games actually a win tomorrow and if considering the fact that we would beat burnley in the extra game that we have we imagine that that type of a scenario we would just be two points behind liverpool when you remember when you put this type of a scenario in place you have to wonder like just two points from liverpool if liverpool are considered to be title challengers why not united i just think we don't have the capacity to have that type of a consistent run that long so as i said i mean 76 to 80 points is the goal that i had set for united if they get that then i will be satisfied so that's all that's all so coming to united versus southampton i heard lindelof and aaron van bazaka are players that may not feature tomorrow if that's the case i mean tuanzebi will start and it's either going to be forso mensa or brandon williams at right back i would probably personally love to see brandon williams at right back because i think he i mean a right footer at right back is kind of the obvious choice um when i say choice i mean brandon williams at left back versus brandon williams at right back i feel like he should be playing right back and if forso mensa starts in forso mensa starts then the only thing is we have to have some sort of a width from both the sides and telles will be providing it from left it's just a question of whether forso mensa we can provide it from the right so that's one thing and defensively i think he is defensively not susceptible like other attacking fullbacks in the league but he is not great right so he is going to be one of those weak links tomorrow i hope tuanzebi can play well because again he has to because there is no other options for us i don't think bai is fit so it has to be tuanzebi this is all of course if lindelof and van bissaka are not available and there was also a news article like multiple sources in twitter and like stuff basically they were like mctominay and pogba did not train so even they may not be featuring and they obviously did not feature in the champions league so <coughs> i don't know if they i mean i know that pogba did not feature i guess mctominay would have played some minutes i'm not sure uh, i don't remember actually uh, so the fact of the matter is if mctominay is not going to start then van der beek has to like we have to go with van der beek fred and bruno as the three sort of or two one whatever you want to call it in a 4231 and i don't know if cavani is fit enough to or you know has the energy and like match fitness and all those things to play another 90 minutes if he has then cavani up front marshall on the left and rashford on the right or else i guess greenwood could also start like he did play he even had an assist in the other game against istanbul so greenwood on the right marshall up front rashford on the left this is also work <coughs> the only thing is we have to turn up tomorrow we have to play well we have to show some intensity and we should not make individual errors 
because i feel like even when the team is playing well i feel like it's the individual errors that hurt the most like there were so many individual errors from you know since lockdown like most of the goals that we considered have were individual errors they weren't like beautifully crafted ones like i remember a penalty or two that were considered i guess pogba can and considered a penalty and he had a fault for one of those goals against it was against southampton wasn't it or it was against somebody else i kind of remember it being against southampton or bournemouth it was against one of those teams uh obviously maguire made a two or three error so individual errors basically the most punishing ones and we should not be doing that tomorrow regardless of who we are playing so uh i don't really have much to say i feel like united are in a good type of form and even though the arsenal and the istanbul away result they weren't necessarily helping the pack but the thing is we beat newcastle we drew chelsea we beat psg we beat leipzig we beat everton we beat west brom we beat istanbul again seven games since the previous international break where we have uh, either beaten or got in a draw that was against chelsea and the only two losses were the arsenal game where arsenal weren't great we were rubbish and so we lost and obviously pogba considered the penalty and two one obviously we were rubbish again so apart from that we have actually had a good like set of results so i feel like because ings is also not available for southampton i feel like it could be a win for us tomorrow i wouldn't predict like a 4-0 or final or some super result like that but i guess 3-1 3-1 is a sort of prediction that i will go for i feel like they have some creativity in them and again as i said individual error from our part could give them a goal uh but i do feel like uh bruno is in a mental sort of form as of the moment so him plus the team setup that we do have i feel like we should be getting a win tomorrow easily 3-1 as i said 3-1 is the result i'm going for for united and predicted lineup as i said if lindelof and this guy van bissaka are not there then it has to be dahaya maguire to once be as a two center backs with teles and i think it should be brandon williams but i am guessing it will be forso mensa and if mcdonald is not there it, it will be fred vanderbeek and bruno because i don't think sosha is going to start matic and depending on cavani's fitness it is either going to be marshall cavani rashford or it is going to be rashford marshall greenwood so yeah uh that's all for this podcast that's all for this video i don't really have anything else to talk about i mean the city game is still 3-0 we have had a lot of injuries in the premier league and you know i have already talked about this i don't want to repeat myself but i think there should be like five substitutions even in the premier league but then the smaller clubs will not agree to that that's a shame uh is there anything else that has happened in the footballing world that i missed talking about 
Uh, I can't think of any. Yeah, I can't think of any. So yeah, so that's the end of the content. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Please do share the content because I feel like with the already amount of people that are watching, I do get a lot of feedback and reviews for my reviews and my reactions and my videos. So they're all really helpful and motivating and stuff like that. So if you share the content, then more people will watch, which means more appreciation or feedback or criticism or whatever, which will obviously help me improve. So yeah. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Bye guys.